0: Janine, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by is Dr. Ramos, an adjunct assistant clinical professor at Keck University of California Southern California School of Medicine, and she's joining us right now. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Janine, for having me. Before we get into uh, this seventh edition of this book I heard about, Your Pregnancy and Childbirth, um, I understand that you just, you just graduated from UCI? That's right. Uh, in June,
1: I graduated from the Palm Mirage School, and I received my MBA with an emphasis in entrepreneurship and health management.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. It was a I great mean, experience. Well, I know it must have been hard, though, with the pandemic.
1: You know, I was fortunate enough that the majority of my education was in person, except for the, you know, after March, but uh, yes,
0: that's good. That's really good. So you had the full experience to a degree.
1: I sure did. Yes.
0: That's amazing. So tell me, I'm going to back way up. Why did you decide to go into medicine? Like at what point in your life did you know this was for you?
1: Well, I enjoy helping people and taking care of people. And I saw medicine as one way of doing that. I enjoyed teaching when I was uh, uh, growing up. And I thought, you know what? As a doctor, you're a teacher and you're always learning and you're always teaching. And I make it a point when I, I'm with the medical students to remind them, make sure that you you give at least one pearl of, Education information about their, their patient's health when they walk away because you may not have that opportunity to learn about your your health and so empowering students to remind them that they are teachers in a person's life and the person's health.
0: I like that. That's a that's a great piece of you know insight for them to have. It's a gift. It's a gift yeah. and.
1: I think a lot of people don't realize it. And when you frame it that way, it seems like, wow, okay. I I have a big responsibility to really, with all the knowledge that I have, to help the person sitting in front of me help themselves.
0: And now you hold the position of president of the Orange County Medical Association? I'm the immediate past
1: president of the Orange County Medical Association, but I am the chair for ACOG, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists for California.
0: Fantastic. What has it been like for you right now with the pandemic, with patients and everything?
1: Well, when I see patients,
0: I'm actually in person because I do
1: labor and delivery. Okay. So really, it is a lot of personal protective equipment that we're using, a lot more so than before, and uh, just being extra cautious. And unfortunately, for some patients that um, because of the pandemic, there's limited number of Visitors that can be in the delivery room with the mom so that can sometimes be a challenge.
0: You know, I have to interject something I was asking my husband, we were talking about this, I said, I wonder what it must be like for somebody that goes into labor. I mean, does their husband or significant other get to come in to the delivery Mm -hmm. room. Yes,
1: in most cases, yes. Okay. So, so the, the reason why I say in most cases, because sometimes there's uh, times when we're doing a C-section and if the mom is COVID positive.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the dad's not in there. But no. In most cases, yes. Somebody, a partner, whoever she chooses is there with
0: them. I see. Um, if, a, if a mom is COVID positive, can the baby be born with it?
1: We are learning more and more as time goes on. So that information is not final yet.
0: Got it. I know I had all these thoughts because I had, my first child was born in Boston and the second was born in Newport, but I thought I can't even imagine what it must be like to be pregnant and delivering a baby during a pandemic.
1: Yes, it, it, it can, it's a lot lonelier because previously we would have three, four people in the delivery room And now it's just one person there. But we really strive to have uh, that support person there with the mom.
0: And what about the fact that here in Orange County, we've had, what, 0% bed capacity? That's in the ICU, right? Or the emergency room. Yeah.
1: That's in the ICU and and just the hospital beds. But you're not going to stop a baby from delivering. And so we have a different, you know, our... Yes, our Hi. capacity is different. And so, yes, um, but we all pitch in and we all help each other because we're, you know, we're one, one big team of, of doctors. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Tell me about this book, Your Pregnancy and Childbirth Month to Month. What, what role you played in this?
1: So I am one of the promoters of the book. Um, I looked through some of the information and, and reviewed the final edits. But the book is an amazing resource. If you have somebody that is pregnant or is has just delivered, it's a great resource on what to expect uh, as you are pregnant, written by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. So they're the ones that write the guidelines for the healthcare providers, for the doctors, the nurse midwives as to how healthcare in pregnancy should be. So these are the go-to people. And the best thing about it is that there's a website that complements a lot of the information on the book.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah, so many times the information could be outdated in the book by the time that you read it or there's something missing, mm-hmm. but you go on the website and you can find out the latest information on, on the topic. So it, it really is a fantastic resource for pregnancy and childbirth, month to month.
0: I wanna add, I put uh, the information on my show blog Uh, The show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And I want to mention, I have on here, Dr. Ramos, a health professional with the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, ACOG. Um, And ACOG has been the nation's leading group of experts in women's healthcare for over 60 years, caring for millions of women. That's incredible.
1: Yes, yes it is. And so to have a resource that's written by the experts for a patient in simple terms, right? Because many times we start to hear all of these medical terms, and we think, what are you talking about? Right. To have it in simple, simple terms with diagrams, tables, it's a great resource, not only for patients, but for doctors as well.
0: That's great. It's a lot more conversational, it seems. Yes, it
1: is, yeah. And there's lots of pictures, which is my favorite.
0: Yes, <laughs> I'm more of, yeah, I'm a picture diagram person. tell me about exercising during pregnancy. I know for me, I did a lot of walking and that was really good. Yes.
1: Exercising is really important, not just during pregnancy, but throughout your life. And you oftentimes are finding patients are the most motivated when they're pregnant, Oh, right? Because you want to eat healthier. You're taking a prenatal vitamin, you're, um, picking up some healthier routines. And one of those is exercise. So the easiest thing to do is to walk, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: I caution patients because many really are super motivated and they say, Oh, well, I'm going to maybe start running. Well, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) I know. Is that really safe? (laughs) Well, so
1: if you've been doing this all along and it's not anything, you know, a new routine for you, definitely listen to your body as you, you know, you said that you were pregnant previously. And as if you may recall, the more the pregnancy progresses, the the baby uh, gets bigger and your balance changes, your flexibility yeah. changes. And so you're more prone to falling to tripping and you just want to avoid any injury. Right. So listen to your body. If you, if you get your heart rate so high that you can't have a conversation that's not healthy. So Obviously, you always want to check with your doctor first.
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, well, I, when I was living in Boston, I mean, it would be freezing. So I had a treadmill in my apartment, but I would hold on and I wouldn't go fast. And I know so, that kind of sounds scary. Like, what well, if I fell? But, So
1: if you've been doing that all along and yeah. it wasn't like, oh, let's buy a treadmill and we're going to no. start doing this now because it's COVID, no. um, I would not recommend that.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, but
1: the, but the other thing that I oftentimes encourage patients to do is just to dance, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes we just put the music on and we just can't help but start to dance, start to move. And that in and of itself, you know, getting your body moving, getting the endorphins going, really, it helps the, the mind and the body. Yes. So it's a win-win situation. And then I always encourage patients, you started walking, when the baby's born, make sure that you continue walking. Put the, put the baby in the stroller mm-hmm. and walk. So yes, it's a healthy habit
0: to have. That's a great idea. Um, because, I mean, a walking is, you know, there's no expense to it. It's easy. You just got to get out there. That's it. Yes. What about um, weight management? Because I know um, people have asked, used to ask me like, well, how much What's a healthy uh, amount of weight to gain when you have a baby? Do people often say that? I mean,
1: yes. Well, well, Janine, what people say is I'm going to eat for two. This is my opportunity to eat for two. I
0: think that's nuts. (laughs) I think you're right. I would agree with you. Yes. You
1: are not eating for two. The amount of weight that you should gain, the recommended, really depends upon your starting weight. And there, if you look in the book, your pregnancy and childbirth month to month, there's actually a table in there and there's a whole chapter dedicated to how much weight should you gain. And if you're underweight, it tells you exactly how much you should should gain. And if you're overweight or obese, it tells you as well. Mm -hmm. You really wanna be careful if you start out being obese because it increases your risk for complications during pregnancy like diabetes, high blood pressure, Cesarean section. So those, those are complications that you really want to avoid.
0: Sure, I I say this, I bring this up because I have a friend who lives in Australia, and when she was pregnant, she gained sixty pounds because she fell in love with Dove ice cream bars.
1: Oh my goodness! Well, so, yeah. you can have one, but just everything with moderation, or yeah. you know, just be judicious. Yes, and, and track your weight. You know, m- many women once they're pregnant, they don't want to hear how much they weigh, but but you have to, it's not only your health, it's the health of your baby.
0: Right. Um, Is there a correlation between um, your exercise? Like, let's say I walk a lot and is there a correlation between the amount of, of the time it takes me to deliver a baby? So for instance, I was in labor six and a half hours for both kids.
1: So that's really good. Usually the first baby takes A little bit longer to actually deliver. Okay. So the the active labor phase is when you're more than five and a half centimeters dilated. And when you get to 10 centimeters, that's when you have to push the baby. So that's really where if you've been exercising, if you've um, been doing yoga, stretching, it really is endurance. It's like a marathon. Yeah. And the next day after you have your baby, you may feel sore. And there's a reason why they call it labor because it truly is labor. Oh yeah. Yes, but it will help you build the endurance and the stamina to continue in that last phase of pushing and delivering
0: the baby. I didn't really know much. I mean, I took a a class, you know, about what to expect. And then I also did um, uh, pregnancy yoga, which I highly recommend. I thought it was great just stretching and breathing and, but, I remember being in my apartment and realizing I was in labor and calling, and they said, "Oh, you'll probably be in your apartment for a little while." And then trying to chart the the time between contractions, and then I waited too long, so by the time I got to the hospital, I was two and a half minutes apart.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of tricky, especially with the first baby. But I oftentimes remind patients, you know, don't be shy, just come on in. Yes, it's better to err on the side of caution than than not so just just call call the hospital tell them you're coming in and let them know what's happening
0: yes i i forever joke with my mother-in-law because she drove like mario andretti to get me to the hospital <laughs> my husband was uh over an hour away at work and it was so funny but it's not something to fool around with
1: right right yes no it's it really is it really is you really have to take everything seriously and sometimes, you know, you're not aware of what's normal, what's not, like you said. And I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. And the book has, has everything you should be expecting. So really highly recommend using it as a resource for information.
0: Are there things you strongly um, suggest people don't do when they get pregnant? I mean, obviously the smoking and drinking and things like that, but is there anything specific?
1: So it really depends on each patient's health. Okay. Um, if they have chronic medical conditions, what their health is like before they even begin, you know, the pregnancy, the preconception health, once they become pregnant, it really is individualized care. So the really critical piece is to get early prenatal care so mm-hmm. that your provider, if you have a high blood pressure, make sure that you're on a medication that's not going to be harmful to your baby, um, wh- whatever pre-existing condition you have, sometimes there's medicines that, that you don't want to take during pregnancy. They switch you to one that you can't take.
0: Got it. Oh, and also I have had back surgery. I had a, a microdisectomy, So I made sure to let them know, hey, I want to have an epidural, but just so you know, I had this. That's really
1: important to know. So it's fantastic that you actually know what you're Diagnosis was uh, oftentimes patients don't know what their medical history is like, especially for the anesthesiologist. That's important for them to know. So, know your history. So, things to do is know your medical history when you show up to labor and delivery.
0: Sure. Uh, Does it help a lot of people to have that? I remember they used to teach you to like focus on something when you need to breathe. Like, is it on an object or something? you're in labor
1: well it's focusing on something and the easiest thing is breathing yeah oftentimes we're when we're in times of stress in times of pain we forget to breathe Mm -hmm. and so if you could uh, harness all of your energy and your focus on breathing you can then be effective uh, on your mind and your body so then you can you've got that focus on your breathing and then you can push Um, labor is not easy but we try to help and we try to make you as comfortable as possible.
0: And Dr. Ramos, I will say that the one amazing piece of advice that I got after I had my um, first child was sleep when the baby sleeps. So, of course, I wanted to be on the phone and talking to people and I was excited. But I, I felt like if I didn't sleep, I would get depressed and not function properly.
1: That's it, Janine. You, you yeah. hit it right on on the ahead you need to sleep sleep is so critically important sleep like you said helps um helps your mood Mm -hmm. it also helps with the breastfeeding it just helps you heal just in general yeah so you know happy mom happy baby so
0: right so important I know because there's so many things thrown at you once I didn't know much about breastfeeding I knew I wanted to do it and so you know just the whole latching on and the whole learning curve, and you're just kind of overwhelmed, like, wow, I have this little person to take care of. And I just remember thinking, disconnect the phone, don't be on the phone.
1: That's right. And, and many hospitals are now what's called baby friendly. So they, the nurses have the, uh, the skills and the knowledge to help support you on how you have the baby latch and um, you have access to those classes as well. That's great. Yes, there's a lot more support.
0: Is there anything else you'd like people to know about the book?
1: Um, just that it's a wonderful resource for themselves if they're, if they're pregnant um, or a friend, if they are you know looking for a, a baby shower gift, it's a wonderful resource. And the book is also available in Spanish. So we are right. here in California. And if you have any friends that prefer to speak or read in Spanish, that is a resource that is available for them. So it's, it's outstanding and just highly recommended your pregnancy and childbirth month to month.
0: Fantastic. And if people wanna reach out to you, where can they find you? Um,
1: they can find me through ACOG, the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists. I am listed
0: there as one of the physicians. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Dr. Ramos.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.